Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. For the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Uh, another fine day in the studio. Now that I've turned the air conditioner on, ah, I don't know. You know I, I don't know the rest of you people and, and being all uh, cold and I don't know. Grow a layer of fat for God's sakes. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Especially you know, Porno Steve. I can't. You, know, you, you look I like can. you got the hiv. <laughs> I'm just saying. Might be it. I don't know. Yeah, might be it. Your metabolism. Looking, I drink beer every day. You're looking a little Trying Freddie Mercury so towards the end. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, that another great good. artist, Freddie Mercury. I'm like, I'm thank just, you. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking Freddie Mercury was awesome. That's an awesome dude. Um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of awesome dudes, uh, our good friend John Blickman. BlickmanEngineering.com. Awesome that guy, well. mm-hmm. he awesome dude, and brilliant. I mean, the stuff he comes up with, the the ways he thinks of changing the way you brew, making the way you brew better, making uh, you know the way you brew more fun, easier, uh, innovating your brew day, as as uh, uh, Jason Petros likes to say, I think is just just brilliant and. What's also brilliant is he pays for the show so you don't have to. So I would highly recommend checking out all the cool stuff at BlickmanEngineering.com, asking at your local stores if they carry that stuff, and uh, maybe sending a nice feedback note to uh, feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com, telling them how you appreciate the innovation that they bring to homebrewing and that you appreciate they pay for the show so you, you don't have to. Check them out, BlickmanEngineering.com. Oh, my God. Well... Another fine day in California. Another fine day in California. Well, uh, you know, and I got sick and tired of people asking me, are you going to CBC? Are you going to CBC? And I'm like, I'm not going to CBC. I got way too much to do. Well, turns out I I brought a friend with me, uh, Ken Anthony from uh, Device Brewing, Sacramento, California. And you may remember him from some of our earlier shows. He's, he's five shows he's done. Five? Five years ago. Five years ago. Five Five years ago. He's got to do better at, uh, you know, I got to do better at lip reading, maybe. Or he got to do better at speaking <laughs> without saying something. <laughs> Not here while everyone's looking. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, so five years ago, when he was just starting out, or you'd, been, you'd been in business a little bit. Well, when I came in here, probably just a few months, really. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're talking about... Nano brewing, micro brewing, all that stuff. Well, anyways, now you've become so successful. You're you made the list of most rapidly growing breweries 
on the last BA list, right? And again, you couldn't go to CBC. Why? Because you were too damn busy. Absolutely. Wanted to go. Couldn't go. Yeah. Can't go. Got too much to do. Way too much. How are these people going to CBC? I don't know. That's beyond me. <laughs> John went to CBC. I went there, but I've got an excuse. <laughs> he's, he's got nothing else to do. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's his excuse. Yeah, I had the week free. No, I had I had book signings to do. You know, got to be got to be there for the fans, or the I guess you know the fan. I suppose it was. So, yeah, the fan and his wife. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's always a good time at CBC. You see lots of great equipment, some good talks, mm-hmm. lots you know, lots of talk, good talks for business aspects, which mm-hmm. I don't get into. Uh, you do, you two do, but well, um, yeah, yeah, good show. I, I, I tell you, I was thinking about this on the way down, Ken. <clears throat> What's the difference between you and me? <laughs> um, Where do you want me to start? <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, what are the differences? I think you're a better business person than I am. That's a compliment. Thanks. I think you, you know, you 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 have the mindset of you know business and, and what's successful and evaluating things for you know optimum uh, you know return and things like that. I think I think that's one of the reasons that you're successful. Well, I mean, for for what we do, we have to think about um, the fact that we're in a competitive market, mm-hmm. and if we don't, um, and if we don't maximize opportunities and really focus on what um, what really matters from you know really from a business standpoint, while obviously paying very very close attention to um, upholding the standard that that we've set, which we set a pretty high bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, and. Um yeah, I, I just uh, you know I, I think it, it's such a challenging market, and and when you were starting out though, and I think it, it, the the other thing though for me <laughs> that's interesting is when you started out, you were running your business like an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you were <laughs> you were brewing eighteen hours a day, five days a week. Oh yeah. You know, on a tiny little system that was not sustainable. It was a Blickman one barrel system, right? And it wasn't sustainable for what you were trying to do. No, you told me that the right. first day I met you. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I remember back then you were you were near to tears with with the torture of doing that. Yeah, you know we get a, we get asked a lot about our story and you know, how'd you get here and what 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 is the story behind the brand and you know honestly we we were committed to starting with um, the money we had and not money other people had mm-hmm. and in order to actually get open mm-hmm. we had to do things like brew on a system turn, turn tricks on the corner wait well yeah you know i don't like to talk about that but <laughs> yeah. you know, we had to we had to start with a very small system we had to mm. start with a lot of you know kind of hokey little ways of getting things done because you know we couldn't afford a proper cake washer and things like that so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know we got it done we cleaned everything and we made good beer but um it took us quite a few years to grow out of that right it's you know the the resources you have to start with you know, everything's built off of that initial pool of resource you have, be it cash, time, whatever, equipment. 
and it's it's a it can be a log logarithmic growth from there or it could be just like a linear growth from there but it's a growth from that point it's not a growth from uh you know that just all of a sudden stair steps there is no stair step it's it's based off of this one point and so the smaller and tinier that point is at the beginning the longer it takes to get to a, a place of you know larger sustainable size and growth and so well let, let's can, uh, what would you describe as your milestones along the way that have you know changed uh, or what do you the enablers that you've experienced along the way Right. Well, <clears throat> opening a tap room was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without that, we would have cer- certainly run out of business. Um, it wouldn't have taken long. Um, so, getting a tap room open was a big milestone. Um, we purchased a sprinter van that we could put a lot more beer into and we could make our self distribution days more efficient. And it allowed us to, you know, get out there and, you know, actually drive out to the Bay Area and, you know, have a big day of, of distribution. And, um, you know, obviously being able to upsize equipment and purchasing, you know, bigger tanks and uh, things like that, being able to produce more beer. Um, probably. But you went through many stages of mm-hmm. smaller to bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it took you a lot of little stair steps to mm-hmm. in, in tank size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was... A Would one- it have been better to <clears throat> somehow bite the bullet, get a loan, and go from the smaller to the bigger, you know, take bigger leaps? Yeah, I don't know, because <clears throat> as with, with any um, production size, um, it's not just, you know, so let's say I had a 30-barrel system right now, which I don't. Mm-hmm. Everything's more expensive with a thirty barrel system, right? Mm-hmm. Your your minimum batch size, right? Right. Everything the grain's more expensive. Everything's more expensive. Um, I think really at that time, I mean, I agree with you. But you save on labor. Well, it was my labor. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't paying anybody labor. It was, mm-hmm. it was my time. It was right, my right. it was my tears and my you know <laughs> my agony. Mm-hmm. But but you know it was it was a manageable size for me at that time. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have regrets. Um, I was only on the one barrel for three months. Mm-hmm. And then I bought a three and a half barrel, which at that point, I think I probably should have just gone right to the seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, on, that's what I mean. You know, yeah. uh, how, how small an increment is, is worthwhile. Yeah, I think I th- one, one we should, a one barrel system nobody should ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, we did whatever. It worked. But, you know, we would, we would have probably been better off starting with a three and a half mm-hmm. and then going to the seven or... If we were going to have to start with the one, skip of the three and a half and going right to the seven, mm-hmm. you know, and then then I added a second seven barrel boil whirlpool, so we can do uh, we do thirty barrels in about a twelve and a half hour brew day, which is four batches in twelve and a half is scooting mm-hmm. real quick. So those are big milestones. Wow. I mean, wow. obviously, getting distribution was a was a huge thing, but that that's only been thirteen or fourteen months mm-hmm. being distributed, mm-hmm. and that helped a lot. Yeah. Much, much well, more volume. Um, that may be worthy of a tangent um, on talking about uh, distribution 
you know, the way it's done in California, the way it's done potentially in other states, um, you know, self-distribution, as you say, is is really key because it enables you to make better, much better margin on your on your product on your beers than mm-hmm. uh, other states, perhaps. And that's maybe something we should address a little bit, uh, you know, further on in the program. Yeah, let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back. Um yeah, why don't we we talk? Why don't we delve a little bit into uh, distribution and tap room and um, what they what they mean to a fledgling business? All right, we'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand-new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection do you 
know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. Having a good time talking with my my friend Ken. Oh yeah, I'm. You know we uh, I, we didn't really know each other that well back then, five years ago. But now uh, I feel like we're we're close friends. Yeah, absolutely, very close friends. I think I think uh, we've shared a lot. Yes, a lot of <laughs> torture and pain and. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's just in the bedroom. Now. And well, me too. You know, I um, I tell a lot of people that you know Jamil really steered me in the right direction in a lot of regards and gave me a lot of excellent advice that he certainly didn't have to. So um, I'm you know certainly forever indebted to your help, Jamil, and I appreciate it. Well, I want you to succeed. Um, there are people that I must admit I don't really care if they succeed, <laughs> but folks like you, I, I do. I want to see you do well. Well, it's really you want to see Mateo do well. That's true. He's, I he's, love that little boy. Yeah. No, he loves he loves his Uncle Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, all right. So we were going to talk about uh, distribution in the tap room and, and all that. So when I first started, I was like, ah, I don't want to deal with a tap room. I'm a production brewery. And, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And I don't need uh, to, you know, have a tap room because all the drunk people and all this and all that. And I didn't want to do it. And um, then I did. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, the money. It's just like, you know, this is nice. <laughs> you can see why people open multiple tap rooms. So, uh, but you, from the very beginning, you, you believed in having a tap room, yeah? Absolutely. We couldn't wait to get it open. Mm-hmm. And it, it really, we, we would have gotten it open earlier if just the brewery build hadn't cost us so much. Right. So we right. had to make a little money self-distributing six tools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, I think the tap room was probably my idea, right? Yeah. Oh, of course it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remind the listeners of your beer portfolio too, because I think that's relevant. Yeah, the, the core, really, the core lineup is is Integral IPA, uh, Curious Haze, Pincushion Pilsner, Brits and Moscow Russian Imperial Stout, Anguish Double IPA, Kid Casual Blonde. Those are those are the ones that. That's that's the volume we move right there, and we do all tons of one-offs. And I got a killer nitro stout on right now that I'm stoked on. 
Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and I think, you know, it helps that your beers are really well made. I think, you know, a lot of times people focus on, um, you know, what's trendy or, you know, what they what they believed in as a home brewer. And then when the market says no, they're just bound and determined to make people drink it. Well, you know, last night when we had uh, Sac State's uh, Bio 185 class at the brewery for a tour and then a, a Q&A panel, uh, Dave Morrow got up and we were talking about hazy beers and he said, I remember it was two years ago that you and Jamil and I sat in this tap room <laughs> drinking beers and patting each other on the back that we were never going to make a hazy IPA as long as we live. <laughs> and he said, and, and he's got one and you've got one and he's like, you've got more than one and and he asked Jonathan you know, from Heretic, he said, well, how's, how's uh, Make America Juicy again working for you? And he said, we cannot brew it fast enough. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, I always say, uh, yes, and, we, and the, the, it is a true story. We all patted each other on the back and said, we're never going to make a hazy IPA. And sure enough, we did. Um, you know, I've, I've tried to be more open-minded about things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, we're not trend chasers, but, you know, there's certain things that if you just, if you're not paying attention to, to what the market is wanting, then you're really not a very good business person. And so are you, are you jumping into glitter beer? We haven't made a glitter beer yet. Um, we haven't made a glitter beer yet. The, one I, the ones I keep seeing popping up a lot that, that are definitely making me think about. Um, oh, my God. Well, the certainly pastry stouts. Yeah. There's something everybody's asking for, sure. uh, and the brewed IPAs. Oh, uh, those right, are the ones right. that everybody's asking for. Those are those are ones we're going to do too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean we already did a pastry stout. We're yeah. we're working What's on our brewed stout? IPA stouts with um, you know pastry flavors. They're, they tend to be sweet and tend to have you know spices and all sorts of shit thrown in them. Yeah. Okay, not a breakfast stout, but. One right. that's sweeter, like a, a sweet stout with lots of yeah, bread and bread vanilla, and you know, it, it, it comes from like when people would throw in donuts into stout, you know, or cakes into stout. That's kind of where pastry stout comes from. Huh. Um, people want them. I mean, we did one that was had lactose, vanilla, coconut, and. Um, I don't know. Something else. Um, was it Imperial? Bourbon. Yeah. yeah. And um, people started saying, oh, now they're doing a pastry stout. It's like, yeah, I guess so. If you want to call it pastry stout, fine. Um, and then the brewed IPA is like, um, they're taking amylase and uh, just drying the holy living shit out of a, mm-hmm. a beer to the IPA to where there's like nothing left. It's like zero Play-Doh. Yeah. Or below, I've heard, but I've right. never seen it. Um, There's one on tap right now. Yeah, I saw. Mm-hmm. I guess I saw at least one up there. Mm-hmm. I wonder though. My, my my concern is, you know, we get we get accounts calling us up about you know an IPA at two point six or two point seven volumes, mm-hmm. saying oh it's foaming, it's foaming. And, you know, and we send out a draft tag, and they go, well, their their towers aren't cooled, and mm-hmm. you know that's mm-hmm. their problem, or their you know right. they, they're, change, yeah. yeah, or their cold box is set to forty two degrees or something, mm-hmm. you know. But but I wonder, well, how many more phone calls are we going to get when we've got some bit like three point one, three point two, right. you know, just just sizzling mm-hmm. is anybody going to be able to pour that beer and you're sure as heck not going to put it into a can with a with a wild goose i mean i think the wild goose tops out at about 
2.8 right. volumes and then beyond that you just can't get it into a can yeah yeah and you know the for me i think if you can make a beer that tastes great then that that's that's the the measure so like the hazy ipa we do I actually really like it. It tastes great. I like it too. I'm not a, a huge fan of hazy ones, but it tastes it tastes better once all the haze drops out, you know. <laughs> but because um, haze has like a negative uh, effect on uh, the aroma and you know just the flavor. That's no, but, right. But, but people will complain that a beer is not hazy enough. Right, right, right. So yeah, I know we we make it look like you know orange juice, but um, it's delicious. So, uh, I you know I'm I'm happy to do it, and and even if I didn't like it, if I thought it was a well made beer, I'd be happy to brew it. I don't have to drink, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be be a beer that I'm going to drink, and that's the only thing I'm going to do. It's a beer that people like, and it's well made. Yeah, we're a brewery. That's what we do. It's like you know, if you were making clothes, not every piece of clothing would have to fit you. Right? It just has to be a well-tailored piece of clothing. You know, not your size, someone else's size. Okay, I could do that. You know, that's what I'm in business to do. So, yeah, we're we're struggling to keep up with the, the demand for the Make America Juicy. Well, and this is having an impact on the hop industry. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. You know, just throwing three and four pounds per barrel at everything. Oh, it's it's crazy. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the continuation of what American craft beer has been doing with IPAs. You know, dry hopping IPAs in the past. Mm-hmm. Hop industry stepped up and is meeting that, and now we're using still more hops. Mm-hmm. And here I am, just having a pliny. <laughs> it's clear. It's hoppy. It's delicious. Um. Yeah. Uh. Well, my original point that i was going to get to is that mm-hmm. can you you make uh the pincushion pilsner and the blonde ale two very well crafted beers very well balanced uh, extremely drinkable and i think those i mean you probably move a lot of that through your tap room um not to call them you know girl beers or you know beers for women but still you know there it is um you have that you understand that market segment that is not looking for the IPA, that is looking for a more traditional beer type. This is the 1950s John Palmer. Well, yeah. And your your buddies from Weinstefaner really like that Pilsner. Oh, yeah. You know, were, they, were they all women? No, no. And, no. and, and honestly, I drink... I, I drink almost exclusively the Pilsner at mm. our brewery. I mean, my, my taproom staff already has one poured when I got when I come walking up. Well, they, they I, I, I bet you you see the same thing. I, I find more women drinking a lot more IPA, sours, things like that, the bolder flavor stuff than the traditional Pilsner, blonde ale stuff. I see more men drinking that. That's totally correct. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. my wife loves imperial uh, imperial stouts. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. The, the, the women go for the bolder flavors. They don't go for the. I think a lot of it is unless they don't really drink beer, then they'll do like a wit beer or something. Sure, it's something well, that's but, on, but then they're offensive. But if then they're you given. Are they're given something that people think is going to be acceptable to a delicate person. 
Well, well, yeah. Right? Yeah, but I mean, I if think you that's don't drink the reason beer, why. Yeah, if you're not used to, like, bitterness at all. You're gonna right, go but that women, way. women can handle bitterness much more than men can. Well, oh, totally. But our Blondale is very popular with with our female clientele. Yeah, very very popular. Oh, I'm sure with everybody. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's a well made beer. We like it. <laughs> I, I would say though that we we don't see nearly the volume pushing of a of a Blondale as we do a Pazy IPA. Right. Just, no, there's almost no comparison. Uh, do you see a in difference general. in uh, demand between your? Uh, your dis- distribution accounts versus the tap room? Are they different? Yeah. Well, right. So our integral IPA, which is a West Coast, California, you know, IPA, that outsells everything, but that also has tons of uh, store placements, uh, chain chain placements. So we're in the we're in the set for a lot of stores with that. That just equates to volume, mm-hmm. and it's selling. So they're you know they're reordering and reordering. So obviously people are buying it and people are drinking it and people are liking it. Um, but uh, our our big chain retailer in Northern California just added Curious Haze to their spring set, which is going to just go absolutely nuts mm-hmm. um draft we still sell more of the west coast ipa through our distributor because you know they're going to pizza places and you know kind of out of the mm-hmm. way bars they're going they're going you know on the highways and the byways they're not just going to the crafty crafty ultra crafty bars where i mean they're, they're going places where people have never even heard of a hazy ipa let alone want one mm-hmm. so we still sell more ipa integral ipa through our distributor than the curious haze for instance but our tap room across the board it's the number one pint it's the number one crowler it's the number one growler and it's the number one canceled Mm -hmm. so all across the board curious haze outsells everything in our tap room well so the interesting thing to me is in in our tap room we can sell a three point something percent you know english bitter we can sell uh, you know things in the low fours, and we we sell them in volume. I mean, we can make a thirty barrel batch and sell that in our tap room. The distributors, eh, you know, they'll take some. They're just not that interested in that. That's true. And you know, and I find that out in the marketplace, people go, "Oh no, no, we need like some some low ABV beers." But the only beers that really sell out in the marketplace that are low ABV tend to be the ones that are, you know, very mass market. You know, the ones that are really well known. It's like it's almost like somebody doesn't that is looking at low ABV beers is only looking for something safe. Well, what, and what do you think about, for instance, Heretic Lager, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Firestone Walker just came out with Lager, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think they're they're copying us. And that fig- sounds like a trademark uh, issue right there, man. <laughs> well, I'd lawyer up then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Time to lawyer up. Lawyer up. I was using logger first, man. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, and then Figaro Mountain just came out with uh, with a light American logger. So they're they're really targeting, you know, a huge, huge sector of the beer drinking mm-hmm. population that's really drinking mostly uh, macro brewed domestics, right? Mm-hmm. And that's I mean that's brilliant. You know, you started it, Jamil, right here. That's right. Fairfield, California. Kicked um, it off. You know, and I think there's I saw a little a brewery down that. the street from me. Uh 
Anheuser something. I'm not sure mm-hmm. the, the, the ones full with, name. Are they the ones with that uh, that uh, 200 foot diameter windmill? Yes, oh, I yes. saw that too. The massive windmill. Yeah. Oh no, they they they're all about the uh, the uh, you know environmental friendliness now. They're putting they're they're putting their their they're invested in them. They just did like a deal for 800 hydrogen powered trucks and uh, like a hundred Tesla trucks too. They're all going to all mm. renewable energy on the trucking fleet. That's good. Good for them. They're like, it'll remove the equivalent of like 14,000 cars off the road or something like that. Wow. Yeah. No, oh, absolutely. Good on them. Um, so uh, back to the, uh, what I think our listeners want to hear is, you know, can you quantify the difference for people between selling beer in your tap room, selling beer self-distributing, and now selling beer through a distributor, which you're doing also? Yeah. You're doing all three at the same time right now. Right. So I'll I'll start with the the tap room. Okay. The the tap room allows you to introduce your brand and your your entire catalog, the one offs, the special stuff, the stuff that the distributor will never pick up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they can come in. And they can try everything. They can smell the wort boiling next door. They get the you know they get the experience of being at the brewery. They see and hear and feel the brewery. Um, from a margin standpoint, there's nothing better than you know producing your beer and selling it at retail. Um, we don't charge as much as you know the bars downtown because we don't you know we don't feel that that's uh, appropriate we feel you know a four dollar pint or a five dollar pint makes a lot of sense for people coming all the way out to our brewery um but the margins are great it's 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 a really really critical critical component to a small brewery if you if you start up small and you don't have a tap room you're setting yourself up for quick failure Mm -hmm. um so then moving on to to self-distribution um, you know, it's nice. You, you, you obviously you take uh, a big margin hit relative to your tap room, but uh, you you have an opportunity to get your beer outside of your tap room and out into the marketplace where you're going to gain new fans and new followers and new visibility. Um, but it doesn't come for free. A lot of people say, "Oh, well, when you go to the distributor, you're giving up, uh, you know, thirty percent." Everyone always likes to say mm-hmm. it's an well, investment, though. Well, and, and and let me tell you, it's not zero percent of cost to self distribute. I got a Sprinter van we got to pay for. I got insurance. I got mm-hmm. drivers that always go on to overtime. I've got fuel expenses. I've got maintenance expenses. My van actually in the in the shop right now because some mouse climbed up into the engine compartment and chewed up a bunch of wires you know <laughs> it's not free to self distribute mm-hmm. and um, you know th- so there's there's some good margin on that compared to to, to going with a wholesaler but it's not it's not free right. um, you do need to do it if you're a small new brewery you've got your tap room you, you should be distributing your beer out there you got to get it outside your doors you got to get it out there and it's a good way to make a little extra money and if you have you know suppose you you, you started out unlike like me, and you started with a seven or a ten barrel, or even a fifteen mm-hmm. barrel system. You're going to have to self distribute some of that because right. chances are you're not going to move through that much volume in your taproom. Mm-hmm. So, you know that's uh, that's a great way to make uh, money. Well, and, and I think one of the reasons that you're you're touching on is that when you get the, your beer outside the taproom, people are introduced to your brand and they come into your taproom as well. They seek your brewery out. All of a sudden, you've got more revenue in the taproom. Yeah, they feed each other for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, then going with a with a wholesaler, which I like I said, we're only about fourteen months in on that. Um, you know, we sell it for significantly less mm-hmm. than it, if we were self distributing it. But we don't have to worry about collections. 
mm-hmm. which is a major issue, something right. that a lot of people don't think about when they start self-distributing, is mm-hmm. that is that when, when a struggling bar, restaurant, or tap room out there is you know, having a hard time paying their bills, they're yeah. going to stiff that, that independent that brewery yep. before they stiff the big they distributor. They will screw you every time. Yep, and they do, and we, and we have been... And there's so many clueless idiots running bars. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of great people that are brilliant business people, and... They will tell you there's a lot of their their fellow bar owners that are just morons who don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we we used to have to play collection agent, mm-hmm. and we would send you know our staff down to places. Hey, don't come back without a check. Mm-hmm. And you know I got tiresome, um, but our distributor uh, they pay us every single time, usually in ten days, mm-hmm. and their checks don't bounce, mm-hmm. unlike some. Right. Other people. Right. And they promote our brand. They they mm-hmm. they stock, they rotate, they mm-hmm. cold store, they do as they do what they're supposed to do. Right. Well, I think the, the the a lot of times what people don't understand is well, it's it's not just oh there's a margin to the distributor. It's it's double that amount of margin. It's it's the margin the distributor you're giving up the margin the distributor gets from the retailer. You're giving up the margin uh, that you need to give up to the distributor, and so you're, you know, it's a, it's a, like a double dip. That the amount of margin you're giving up is massive, and compare that to the to the tap room, you're giving up also the margin that the the retailer gets to the customer. So that's why the tap room's huge. And if you're starting out, start out with the tap room, do some self distributing, like Ken's saying, and then you know. And I think if you're going to go to a wholesaler, you got to find one that's really going to believe in your brand and will sell it and, and put the effort in, not just sit on it. And lawyer up. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a really good point because you – and I think you have to go in that order too because um, self-distribution builds you know, reputation. It builds um, – you know, a respect when you go to that wholesaler uh, finally and say, hey, I've got these sales, I've got these accounts currently that are taking my beer. Um, you should take me seriously, in other words. Well, and, and unless you are a celebrity brewer who has jumped ship and moving somewhere else, you're not going to get the attention of a wholesaler. If you're a no-name, mm-hmm. no right. one's no one's going to pick you up you without gotta, sales you history. you got to make your own name. you got to make your own name. you got to have the sales history, and they're going to want to see, you know, show me the last two years of your sales. Who are the accounts? What are they buying? How often are you going there? And and that's what that's how they evaluate your brand. Yep. Well, and i got to tell you who's made a name for themselves is Great Fermentations out in Indiana. These people, fantastic. They have uh, the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web. They've got uh, the best trained staff in Blickman products. If you need to know something about how to use Blickman product, you're better off calling Great Fermentations than you are Blickman. I'm just saying, you know, John, he's probably been drinking. I don't know. You know, he may, (laughs) may be having a bad day. You know, he may shoot you. I don't know. But Great Fermentations, their they're kind staff will take care of you. They have top-notch customer service, same-day shipping on many items. Uh, check them out, greatfermentations.com. You can even like them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as GR8 Fermentation. Uh, good people. Check them out, greatfermentations.com. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, uh, I want to uh, talk more with Ken about... Uh, The trials and tribulations of our lives. 
back after this. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, 
All right. Um, let's see. Uh, White Labs just released a mobile app. Our good friends at White Labs. Uh, whether you're home or searching for your next train or professional placing in order, White Labs mobile app has something for everyone. Key features include an easy-to-navigate ordering system, custom culture calculator to determine appropriate pitch rates, homebrew store locator, up-to-the-minute inventory availability, and more. Uh, download the new White Labs mobile app from iPhone or Android by searching White Labs in the App Store or the Play Store. Uh, anywhere you get apps from the small child at the end of your couch, whatever, um, they have it. Uh, cool app. I've actually used it. Helped beta test it. Um, good stuff by, by White Labs. Uh, you'd think their best stuff is actually the yeast. Uh, their app is just below that. So, good stuff. Check them out, whitelambs.com. All right, uh, so we're back. We're talking, uh, we're talking about, uh, during the break, we're talking about uh, Frank pulling his noodle up in Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, Porno Steve and I going uh, to there and to the, uh, our favorite uh, cheesemonger place where they uh, mm. have nothing but cheese and beer. And uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe if you get me drunk enough and I'm feeling generous, I'll take you to the, the place with the thousand whiskeys. Ooh. That's expensive. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Remember we figured out the name um, a couple Frank shows ago. No. Uh-uh. Not, no. The Cheesemonger? <laughs> no, the Thousand Whiskey. Oh, the Thousand Whiskey, right. You, it's you called just the Library Googled. or something. Right. It's a you whiskey just library. Googled a Thousand Whiskey Portland. Portland. Yeah. <laughs> it just Boom. popped right up. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Now we go to all those places during the uh, the Homebrewers Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, up in, uh, yeah. Up in the uh, the Portland, the Portland, Oregon, not the Portland, Maine, the Portland, Oregon, the land of the port. Yes, the land of the port, the land of the port, uh, the place that uh, destroyed Cement Hill in the, around where Fairfield is now because uh, they started making Portland cement and uh, they had better shipping options, and so poor Cement Hill died in Fairfield. It was a big community, old schools, movie theaters, all that stuff. You guys don't care. You're just <laughs> no. So they turn it into a parking lot or what? <laughs> no, it's it's still a hill. Everyone asks, "What's the castle up on the hill?" It was part of like the cement processing facilities. Um, okay, you're right. I wasn't interested. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I think there's a meth lab uh, growing in one of the. uh, There's like a large uh, cement culverts that go through like the hillside, and I saw some people carrying some stuff in there. I think they're setting up a meth lab. Oh, slide slide rules and calculators and stuff. Now you've got his attention. (laughs) (laughs) Said math. You don't see many math labs around. Uh, uh, I suppose it. You know, (laughs) kids take advantage of those. Abacus. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they've got some abacus uh, going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I also wanted to tell you about uh, Norman Bates. You know Norman Bates, right, Ken? Yeah. And uh, Norman Bates said it best a boy's best friend is his mother. 
while we can't say we agree 100%, we do think that this year mom deserves something cool and custom from GrogTag for Mother's Day. Oh, Go to grogtag.com, shop for hundreds of templates uh, can, covering all kinds of products that you can modify and make your very own. From coasters of your baby pictures to beer and wine labels with last year's family reunion on them to metal signs of her grandchildren. We have it all. Mother's Day is on May 13th, so start creating over at grogtag.com and use code BNARMY to save 10% on your order. That's at grogtag.com. All right, Ken, uh, we were talking, uh, you know, the the differences between uh, taproom and distribution and and um, uh, the Pliny is keeping me from remembering exactly where we left off, but... Uh, maybe you remember, but I don't. Uh, but I, I'm really curious about. Uh, so, so one of the reasons I wanted you in here today was, you know, five years ago we were talking with a brand new struggling brewer who was trying to, you know, just, you know, get wort in the fermenters, just get beer out the door, just trying to run a business and and struggle with all the, the challenges of that. And now you're one of the fastest growing uh, breweries, uh, you know, by volume um, in the in the BA list. Now, you're still a small brewery. So, you know, massive growth is still easier at this point, right? Sure. It's a percentage. But... Why? Why you versus some other small brewery? You're doing better than, you know, the other 6,000 other tiny little breweries in the U.S. I mean, literally, you know, you're like in the top 10 of the 6,000 tiny breweries. Right. Why? Well, we've we've definitely focused on... Um, organic growth, but but moving from you know first year seventy three barrels, second year two hundred and fifty, third year four seventy five, fourth year twelve hundred, fifth year three thousand. This year we're on track for six thousand. So you know from seventy three to six thousand is a pretty big jump. Um, obviously the BA didn't didn't uh, take into consideration what we target for this year. They're they're only looking up through last year. Mm-hmm. But I mean if you just look at the last three years four seventy five, twelve hundred, three thousand. That's cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, that's almost three hundred percent growth every year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's why we made that list. Um, what what did we do differently? I honestly don't know. We were we were just really forced to keep making more beer because the the sales um, demand was there. Mm-hmm. Um, once we jumped on board with our distributor, then that shot things up even even more. Um, but uh, you know, uh, in our social media post about that, because we were very proud, and we wanted to share it with everybody. Um, one thing we said was, you know, our our mission remains the same: is to make the best beer, not the most beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, right now, you know, we've we've put a massive amount of money into our brewery to give us growth potential for futures. Right? It's not just we didn't just build the infrastructure for today; we built it for, you know. To, least the next three to five years Mm -hmm. so we can add and plug and play more tanks and um not have to just redo everything Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. we have we have a little bit of um you know over-engineered systems but that's okay they won't be in a year from now right Mm -hmm. um but then we're also investing a massive amount of money into our uh two new tap rooms one which is opening at probably the end of next week um and then the other probably by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And those are important to us because, you know, while we want to keep growing, um, 
growing by 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 just wholesaling beer is is a tough way to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, you're only making a you know pretty thin margin on every case sold. Right. So you know, in order for us to continue to grow and to continue to improve and uh, have more efficient um, cost of goods. You know, we need capital. And in order to, to get capital, you got to make sales. And the best kind of sales are the, the retail ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, our, our tap room in Midtown Sacramento is gorgeous. And we're going to give people an incredible experience. And uh, that uh, that's going to be really good for really good for our business financially. All right. A couple of questions Question for you. Question me. Oh, hey, uh, is, <laughs> is, there a, is there a sweet spot in terms of brewery size for a region? I mean... 5,000 barrels a year, uh, anywhere from 2,000 to 5,000 seems to be a common number for many small breweries across the country. Do you think, um, do you think that is um, a reasonable or not so reasonable? Do you think that may be a plateau for many breweries given the amount of competition these days? Sure. In- sure. Um, 5,000 barrels is a lot of beer. Yeah. I think yeah. it's difficult to grow past that. I think it's difficult to grow past even a thousand barrels. So when you have a tap room, um, you know, for, for a tap room with good beer and a well-run tap room, you can do a thousand, maybe 1500 barrels. Correct. If your beer's not that good and it's not that well-run a place, you're in the, you know, three to 400 barrels, maybe. Or less. Or less. Um, so pushing past that, you have to start distributing outside. Self-distribution, it's hard to self-distribute more than like a few thousand barrels. It was not without a, you know, a fleet of trucks. Right, right. So that's where you know getting past like 3,000 barrels is difficult. Without a wholesaler, for sure. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I had a conversation with Lori Porter. from. Uh, she's one of the owners of Smog City mm. down in Torrance, California. Um, That's a good one. Yep. Oh, they're great, great people. But Lori and I were having a conversation about a month ago, and we were talking about that because they've got um, the brewery, which has a tap room. They've also got their uh, Steelcraft, I believe is the name of their, their first satellite, and I do believe they're working on their second satellite tap room. And I said to her, what, what are you guys, what's the, what's the feeling for you guys on that kind of that, hey, let's kind of cool it at about this number? And I said, is that like, what, 10,000 for you? And she's like, yeah, 10 to 12. And, and I think we kind of agree with that ourselves because, you know, we're brewing just to our distributor and our tap room. We're brewing at a 6,000 barrel a year pace right now, and it's growing every month. So it's 6,000 barrels pace right now with no growth if it stays flat all year. Mm-hmm. But we're only in our second year with them, and it's, it's, it's got a positive upslope, right? We add two 1,500 or 2,000 barrel a year tap rooms, mm-hmm. you know, there's... Three to four thousand barrels. That's just going to go to those two tap rooms. Not to mention our our brewery tap room, and then right. our wholesaler, who's growing our market every week. Right. So, you know, we we figure ten thousand barrels can be moved. If you've, got, I mean, our in our mm-hmm. distrib- you know, not all distributors are created equal. Mm-hmm. Right. There's the little shops and the these and that. Right, and, you right, know, right. I mean, the one we've got is 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 Mark Stein Beverage in Northern California. They take us from Napa to Lake Tahoe, mm-hmm. and it's thirteen counties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, distributor doesn't mean distributor in all respects. It depends right, on right. which distributor. Right. And our distributor smashes. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Well, and um, yeah, you know, I, I think 
there's a limit for the majority of breweries. I think it's going to become exceedingly difficult for breweries to become big regional breweries anymore. I think it's 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 going to become nearly impossible. I think you know people are going to limit out around fifteen thousand barrels. I think uh, no matter so you know when you're building your infrastructure. It's like, yeah, how much bigger do you want to be? This is what's taken down Green Flash, t- taken down, um, what was it, uh, on the East Coast? Uh, uh, I know I'm thinking of the same one you are, too. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking on it. Um, and, you know, and a, a number of breweries, it, it took them down. It took down and locally uh, Rubicon. Uh, you know, they overbuilt for what their demand was. Yeah. Took them took them out of business. They built a you know separate brewery, you know production brewery, and and demand just wasn't wasn't there. Um, speakeasy, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's difficult to you know when when people are looking for the the, the newest latest thing. Um, I think you know that's that just becomes real challenging. Now, all right. So the two questions I had. Uh, were that uh, one? I want you to uh, give the addresses and uh, website for for your brewery and tap room and all, tap rooms and all that. Yeah, it's uh, devicebrewing.com, dot com um, at device brewing, Facebook dot com slash device brewing, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, tap rooms on Fourteenth uh, Avenue in Sacramento. And New that's, tap room. That's the brewery too. That's the brewery. Yeah. Um, Downtown Sacramento, R Street, R and 14th, right in the heart of Midtown. Mm-hmm. And then the third coming later is uh, in the, the Pocket Greenhaven neighborhood, a little south of town. Now, and, and here's my other question. or the, You know, we've talked about this before. You know, uh, I'm concerned that if I open up, I mean, we distribute a lot of beer. And if I'm concerned, if I open up a, a more tap rooms in the area where I distribute beer, that I'm just fighting the same retailers that already sell our beer and sell a lot of our beer. And if I open up a, a, a pub right across the street from them, they're going to be like, well, screw you. Why should I have your beer when you're selling it in competition with me? So I worry about that. Right, but the look at the blast radius of that tap room and think about all the other places you distribute. They're not going to care. True. Well, and that's why I was thinking, well, all right, so if I open something, maybe I should open it in a place where I have no representation. Well, you then how do, how do they know? I mean, if it's in a, if it's in a hot spot, mm-hmm. then it's going to do well no matter what. If it's walkable, downtown, midtown, in right. a hot right. downtown, old town neighborhood, sure. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you could be anything, and if the beer's good, it's going to be packed you mm-hmm. know, all, mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, we, we were concerned about that. I don't know if you asked me if I was concerned about that, but right, right. We, were, we were concerned about that. And, in fact, I asked some retailers in midtown. Mm-hmm. And the majority of our retailers in downtown said, well, people are still going to come here for dinner. Mm-hmm. People are still going to come here for drinks. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to stop coming here mm-hmm. because you're there. Mm-hmm. And the more forward-thinking retailers are thinking, well, if everybody in Midtown is now super stoked on your brand, what are they going to order when they're having pizza at my place? Or they're getting drinks you know, at our mm-hmm. concert venue? Mm-hmm. You know, Because then, then you become a household name down there. Sure. And then the beer could actually... You could actually increase... 
your beer sales in the nearby accounts. Well, and that's one of the things that we have, uh, you know, where we're located is, you know, great support from the retailers. You yeah, know, well, it just uh, mean, though, makes you a household name in, right, in the area, right? Right, right. Yeah, Everybody absolutely. loves you in Fairfield. Aren't you an honorary <laughs> colonel? Is that what you are? What, what, tell, tell me more about that. Um, I am an honorary commander for the Air Base, yes. And it is one of the greatest honors of my life to uh, have anything to do with those people. They work their asses off. They dedicate their lives, their families' lives, to actually doing a lot to really take care of a lot of us. So, um, You know who else is really good? Our good friends at More Beer. They actually have a new site, morebeerpro.com. Have you bought through More Beer Pro? Yes, in fact. We use More Beer Pro quite often. Yeah. Bulk malt hops, yeast, uh, fermenters, brights, uh, along with 4,000 other products to breweries at wholesale pricing. Um, you know, if you have a brewery, you should go to morebeerpro.com, set up an account, save with morebeerpro.com. I went and uh, reworked all my my taps, all my faucets, 36 of them replaced with uh, faucets from morebeerpro.com. And the price was spectacular. I mean, a fraction of the price I would have paid. And... You know, great service. Uh, you know, great folks there at morebeerpro.com. Um, they got everything. I'm telling you, that's a way to way to save you some money. We've got, we we have our our ways of buying stuff. You and I. Oh yeah. And I think that's part of part of uh, being successful in business is not paying too much. You know, not being stupid with your money. Uh, speaking about being stupid with the money, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we will wrap up. Our discussion with uh, Ken from uh, Device Brewing, one of the most uh, top 10, most rapidly growing breweries in the United States. Right after this. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications. With more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any 
Kenny Brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from thebrewingnetwork.com. To brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. And I want you to check out our our, our dear friends at uh, adamandeve.com. See, Ken brought something special to this show. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, if you go to adameve.com and you use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, you're going to get 50% off almost any uh, one item when you use the offer code. And then you're going to get three free adult DVDs. You're going to get a free extra gift. And you're going to get free shipping. Free, free, free. Not some BS shipping and handling nonsense. Not some overpriced crap. You're going to use the off code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. You're going to pay half of just about any one item. And then they're going to send you a bunch of free stuff. And you're not even going to pay for shipping. It's going to cost you next to nothing to try out adamandeve.com. If you have romantic inclinations in your life... Whether with a partner or by yourself, Adam and Eve. Just in time for Mother's Day. <laughs> just in time for Mother's Day. A gift for mom, or Father's Day is coming up too. Isn't there a Grandparents' Day? Get your get get Grandma and Grandpa a, a, a giant dildo for for Grandparents' Day. Make like big like a Bevo thirteen inch twenty twenty four thirty six. Two by four? <laughs> Two by four? I'm ignoring you. <laughs> but vibrating, right? Lots of power. Yeah. The 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 four eighty volt Two by four, <laughs> three phase. <laughs> three phase dildo for, for grandma and grandpa for for grandparents' day. From Adam and Eve, I bet you can get it half off using the off code Jamel J A M I L at AdamEve.com today. All right, uh, Ken. I I could talk to you for hours, and uh, you know, earlier in the show, I was totally lost in our conversation and completely blew past any breaks and live reads I had um, because I just love talking to you. I love I love hanging out with you. Yeah. Well, the feeling is mutual. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, there's there's something special about you, and I think. That also translates into why you are successful and why you're doing so well. And what I want you to do is dig deep, think hard, look inside, and share with our audience. What are the top three things that you believe have contributed to success and that other people should try and emulate if they want to take their, you know, 100 barrel a year brewery to, you know, 6,000 barrels to be one of the, the next person in the top 10 uh, high growth breweries. Well, I would say that, you know, in, in no particular order, 
um, you should not bite off more than you can chew with with whatever mm-hmm. you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't go. From that's what that's what took down Green Flash, took down Speakeasy, took down Rubicon, took down so many breweries. That's what takes them down. Right. Don't don't grow too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't bite off more than you can chew, and that can mean a lot of things. That can mean you know bringing in a bunch of investors and partners so that you can get right. the fifty barrel brew house installed. Well, and and, and so I'm going to keep interrupting. I think. Um, it, so the brewery was one of the fastest growing breweries. Is saying don't grow too fast. Absolutely. Don't, don't grow too fast. Don't don't, don't overspend to, yes. to to think you're going to grow too fast or grow at mm-hmm. some stupid rate. I think yep. it's probably Let really it. easy to get carried away and get excited with how like fast you're growing, right. and then right. yeah, exactly, Good buy point. more than you could oh, chew. Yeah. You can always you can always grow further right. once you Let but it. once you pull that trigger and get bigger. There's no going back. There's no so, going back. So it's you, better to be in demand and right. not being able so to produce. You haven't. I think what what. Taylor saying is, you know, you haven't pushed to growth. You've let growth pull you. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a pull, mm-hmm. not a push. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I always you know, like a pull. Don't. I you prefer know, the pull over the push. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we we don't have any investors uh, or partners. It's just my wife and I. And so the the way we've allowed or or, or prevented uh, bringing in outside influence, outside money, mm-hmm. um, outside equity holders, and so forth, is is not getting ahead of ourselves, mm-hmm. growing as we can. Mm-hmm. You know, buy yeah, a ferment- organic. Yep, organic. Buy a fermenter at a time. You know, don't 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 get ahead of yourself. So that's that's one thing. Uh, another thing is is have have an unwavering uh, commitment to quality. Mm-hmm. And one mm-hmm. one little kind of one liner quote that I throw out all the time is one that Jamil gave me, and uh, he said, "It's either your beer that goes down the drain, or it's your reputation mm-hmm. that goes down the drain. Mm-hmm. You can always brew more beer. You can't brew a new reputation." Mm-hmm. And and I tell people that all the time, and it's not mine; it's yours. But but it, it resonates with a lot of people. So you know, don't be afraid to throw beer away. Stick to the quality. Let let that dictate. Vinny Chilurzo told me my first year in business. He didn't know me from Adam, but he was nice enough to talk to me at an event. And Vinny said to me, he said, uh, listen, Ken, don't worry about what you don't have. Don't worry that you don't own a Zaman Nagel. Mm-hmm. Don't worry that you don't have a keg washer, mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. using you know, a homemade keg washer. He mm-hmm. said, those things will come in time. Mm-hmm. But he said, business will always follow quality. Mm-hmm. And there's always room for a qu- another quality beer. Mm-hmm. So, so focus on com- their commitment to quality and don't waver. Don't push something out the door. I go to beer festivals all the time. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, I spend most of my time f- finding the worst beers there mm-hmm. and, and trying to figure out what the flaw was, what went wrong. Because mm-hmm. they're all over the place. And I always yep. say to myself, who let this leave the brewery? Right. Somebody drank this and said, yep, ship it. There are so many bad beers out there. Good to go. It's killing so me. So don't do that. And, and third and certainly not last customer service focus on great customer service and that's everything so that's your that's your taproom customers that come mm-hmm. in treat them like royalty mm-hmm. let them know that you appreciate them choosing to come and spend their hard-earned money at your brewery mm-hmm. or satellite taproom or pub or whatever you've got going mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. 
uh, customer service to your uh, self-distributed accounts. Mm-hmm. You know, take good care of them. When mm-hmm. they're texting you and asking you, hey, we want to set something up, get right back to them. You know, go visit them. You know, I always say uh, kiss hands and shake babies. Mm-hmm. You know, get out there and, and, and give them love. That's good customer yeah. service. Yeah. And then when you do partner with a wholesaler someday, you are partnering with a wholesaler. And let me tell you, you want to be the brand that they're happy with, mm-hmm. not the brand that they're pissed at. Mm-hmm. And that's customer service. That's that's taking care of them. That's fulfilling their orders. That's communicating. Mm-hmm. That's following through. Mm-hmm. So so customer service, quality, and don't yeah. grow too fast. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. No, I, I think those are that's solid advice. Uh, and I'll give you a, a story of uh, the customer service you're talking about. Um, it was a Sunday, and uh, a. Uh, retailer was having a problem with the draft equipment and it happened to be our beer that was on it and um, they reached out to our sales rep and the distributor people to uh, solve the problem weren't weren't around and so my wife and I jumped in the van and our salespeople, all three of us converged on this place which wasn't close and uh, you know took care of the problem and had a couple of pints, something to eat, and <laughs> left. But uh, that's what you have to do. You you, you know, the, the buck stops here. Yep. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It, it, the problem needs to be solved, and it needs to be solved, you know, uh, with great care and, uh, and great speed. And I think that's a – you know, I'm, I'm always shocked at the people that don't seem stressed about owning a brewery. Right? <laughs> How are you not stressed? How is your world so perfect? Believe me, there's no end of problems. There's so many things that are not perfect that that need correcting constantly. It, it, it's a it's a struggle. Um, and I'm you know I'm so glad to see you doing so well because you know um, uh, you work hard. Yeah. He, you do. I mean, you work hard, but you're also you're a brilliant person, um, and you really care about what you're doing. And and so it, it's it's so good to see you having success based off of that, not off of stupid marketing or you know somebody is pumping money into it and somebody's got connections in you know the movie industry or something stupid. I don't know what it is. I'm not picking on anyone individual. I'm just making something up. Um. Yeah. Uh, so it's good. Good to see you doing well, and so glad to have you here. All right. Uh, if you're listening live, stay tuned. Uh, Ken's going to stay with us because I'm your ride. So you're you're going <laughs> to hang out in the next show. And uh, you know, if you got questions, not, you not many call people in. hear that, Ken. So you know. <laughs> Um, we're going to have some fun. Uh, I'd like to hear some some stuff about John and CBC. He went to CBC. Ken and I couldn't because we both own breweries. And when you own a brewery, you just don't have time to go to CBC. It's um, just yeah. yeah. And uh, that and and maybe we got some questions about some other stuff. And uh, I don't know. But if you like the show, if you like what we do, I would check out our fine sponsors. People like BlickmanEngineering.com. Check them out. Send them an email. Tell them how much you enjoy that they pay for this show so you don't have to. Uh, More Beer Pro, Great Fermentation. Um, you know, all these folks, they're chipping in so you don't have to pay for the show ever. 
And I think that's that's pretty special. Because without them, John and I aren't doing the show anymore. Because... Uh, no, John and I will still show up. I guess the equipment and the people to run everything won't be here. So, well, that's, that's it. What is that? The pay Bebo is cutting it off. That would be it. Gone. Gone. <laughs> Until then, everybody, we're strong. We're strong, everyone. <laughs>